the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. The Word of God is full of life-changing power. So our prayer is that this broadcast equips you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. Let's join Bishop Greer. Um, We're going to be focusing on our four-pronged mission, which is reaching the lost, empowering the hurting, assimilating the lonely, and leading our culture towards Christ. And today we're going to be in Genesis chapter 14, and we're going to look at the Abrahamic anointing as it relates to reaching, you know, that's the top of, of real, R-E-A-L, reaching, uh, assimilating, leading, and all, all that. I messed the E, empowering, forgive me. Um, uh, but we're going to talk about how he reached and rescued, and there's an, an anointing and a grace for that. So we're going to be in Genesis chapter 14. And as you turn there or get your phones ready, I'm going to pray. Father, uh, meet every need today. Open eyes. I'm going to uh, talk, but ultimately you're going to teach. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. But, but we're going to uh, be in, in verse uh, 14 and uh, verse 1. The, the list is really complicated. And I'm going, to get, I'm going to pronounce some of the names wrongly. But guess what? They're not here. I'm not going to hurt their feelings. They cannot correct me. So it kind of is what it is. So verse 1, and it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Ariok, king of Eleazar, and I, I've tried for over 20 years to pronounce this next king's name properly. Uh, so what I decided to do, how many of y'all remember the 80s? Any of you alive during the 80s? Yeah. I, I decided to call this king Shalimar, so I'm going to call him... <laughs> Make that move for the lover in me. Okay. So, so he's officially at grace. He's Shalimar, king of Elam, entitled king of the nations or king of nations. That they made war with Bera, king of Sodom, Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shineb, king of Adma, Shemember, uh, king of Zeboam, and the king of Bela, that is Azor. So that was a long uh, a list of kings, but all this was said to state that this is the first recorded war in the entire Bible. Now, I'm sure many wars, you know, on planet Earth were fought before this time, but this one is documented because it affected Abram or Abraham. And, you know, when, when, when you belong to God, everything that affects you affects him. The very hairs on your head are numbered, and God misses absolutely nothing. 
And all these joined together. The five small Canaanite kings joined in a confederacy against the four mighty eastern kings. And nothing unites people like a common enemy. And the best time to make friends is really before you need them. Twelve years, the Canaanite nations serve Shalimar. They paid yearly homage or taxes or revenue to the very powerful eastern overlords. The situation at this time in history was a lot like the way the mob operates in certain cities. Each year, the five uh, Canaanite kings would pay protection money uh, to the head of the four nations in the east to ensure they weren't invaded. And if you know how that type of thing works, what happens is someone shows up at your door, the door of your business, and says it's a dangerous neighborhood. And uh, if you want us to protect you, you're going to have to pay us like you do ADT. And uh, if you do not pay us, uh, all of a sudden you're going to find windows broken and all the rest. So some folks decided not to pay, and guess what happened? Windows were broken, people began to break in. As soon as they started paying, all of a sudden all that went away. So it was powerful nations, big armies, and the kings in the little Jordan Valley uh, were threatened and intimidated, and they were willing to pay this protection money year after year after year. But how many of you know everyone has a breaking point? Yeah. What we tolerate ultimately teaches people how to treat us. You know, when we get to heaven, the lion's going to lay down with the lamb, but that's not happening right now. Uh, when the lion sees the lamb, he says breakfast. Most things do not change in this life until you put your foot down. So in the 13th year, they rebelled. 13 years a slave was more than enough. And finally, they stood up for themselves. And for a year, they didn't pay protection anymore. They, they stopped paying the money. And finally, the kings of the east said, no, 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 this is not the way this is going to happen. So in the 14th year, the, the, again, the kings from the east, uh, Shalimar and, and, and Hewitt and all those people came. And, and, and the kings, no, that's not in the Bible, that were with him came and attacked the Rephim in Ashereth, Karnaim, uh, the Zuzim in Ham, the Emim in Shava. Carathain and the Horites in the mountain of Seir, as far as the uh, El Paran, which is by the wilderness. Now, another long list, but what, what, they, what the Bible's showing us here, this is a list of the villages that the eastern kings sacked on the way to the battle with the five kings. And archaeologists tell us that whole populations were, were completely wiped out or enslaved as these four kings made their way to fight this big battle. And, and here's what I know, left to itself, war is just basically survival of the fittest. It seldom settles the question who is right, only who will be left. And this is what's happening here. Uh, the bad guys win so far, verse 7. Then they turned back and came to and Mishphat, that is Kadesh, and attacked all the country of the Amalekites and the Amorites who dwelt in Hazazon, Tamar. If we had a map, you'd see that the four kings attacked from the north, 
to the south initially, but then they, they, they make a U-turn to come up to fight the five kings in the Jordan Valley. So at this point, the eastern kings have gained so much uh, momentum that they were virtually unstoppable. I mean, there was a head of steam behind them, and um, um, they, they were terrifying. Verse 8, and the king of Sodom. Now, in a moment, the name of that city will, will, will matter. And the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zor, went out and joined together in battle in the valley of Sidom. So here we have it. The battle is on. The four kings against the five kings, you know, uh, uh, swords are drawn, blood splattered, uh, skulls are crushed. And, and the four kings from the east totally defeat the revolting kings from Canaan lands. Now, I said to you that the five kings finally had enough, but I didn't say to you it would be easy. If you have a minute, I'd like to let you in on a secret. If you're going to win, you got to first learn how to deal with losses. Maybe you're you're better than me. Maybe, you know, God loves you more than me. I, I, I don't know, but I'll tell you for my life, I did a lot of losing. Before I began to win. Verse 10. Now the valley of Sidom, or Sidom, was, was full of asphalt pits or tar pits. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled. Some fell there, and the remainder fled to the mountain. So what, what happened here is the five kings' soldiers uh, not only died on the battlefield, they, they couldn't even run away without falling into pits and dying. I mean, these kings couldn't win for losing. The worst things kept happening at the very worst possible times. And, and if it wasn't one thing, it was another. Anyone have days like that in your life? Yeah. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, which was a, a rich city, and all their provisions, and they went their way. So that was a, a summary way of saying that it was a total smackdown. But, but, but the kings of the east made one fatal error. They messed with the wrong one. Verse 12, they also took Lot. You see, initially the battle was just about facts and chance. The battle of the the fittest. Maybe just another game of chess until they took one of God's kids. They also took Lot. They messed with the wrong one. Because God still knows how to rescue his own. Now, if you know your Bible, you know that Lot made some bad choices in his life. But Lot still belonged to God. You may not get everything right in your life, but you still belong to God. I might not always have all the answers to all the problems, but I still belong to God. Lot was not necessarily the sharpest knife in God's draw, but he belonged to God. They also took Lot, Abram's brother's son. Now, the last time we see Lot in the Bible, 
the tension between him and Abe was so great that they split up. You see, the, 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 the two men had their conflicts, but they were still family. You know, home is where you love the most, but it's often where you act the worst. They also took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom. This is important because when we left chapter 13, the Bible says he just pitched his tent towards Sodom. Sodom. Meaning, he, he, the Bible says he selected that area because it was beautiful, but it, it, was, it was a great uh, agricultural climate, but it wasn't a good spiritual climate. And a lot of us pick places we go based on the job and the money and all the rest, but we miss the most important stuff. Is there a good church there? Are God's people there? Is the climate healthy for your cheerings? So in chapter 13, he, he just pitched his tent towards Sodom, so he could kind of look out of his tent and, and see Sodom. But by our chapter, we find him living or dwelling in Sodom. Then by the time we get to chapter 19, he's not just living there, but he's serving in the gates of the city as a city leader. Only the leaders stood at the gate. So like boiling a frog, the surest road to hell is gradual. But even in all his bad decisions, he still belonged to God. Well, they took Lot. Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his stuff, his goods, and departed. Many of us in this room have family dwelling in Sodom. Perhaps you live there occasionally yourself. But what I want to tell you today, God still cares. God still knows how to deliver a brother. God still knows how to set his children free. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew. Now, this is the first use of the term Hebrew in the entire Bible. And the law of first mention matters here. And the word Hebrew literally means from the other side. And I, scholars think that this is pointing to the fact that, that, Hebrew, that, that Abraham was from Mesopotamia, which is the other side of the Euphrates. So, so he got this name, the brother from the other side. You know, Abraham still had a lot of growing uh, before he received the promise. And if you watch his journey, he didn't come into this thing perfect. Uh, he, he was trading wives and swapping wives. He was doing all types of stuff uh, early on, but he gets a little better as he gets older. Thank God some of us are getting older. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, so Abraham is growing, and, and he had to grow before he received the promises of God. But despite the fact that, you know, he was still in progress, people still recognize, you know, there's something different about Abraham. You know, I may not have arrived, but anyone who, who knows me, got to admit, I'm on my way. And, and Abraham, he, he, he had not arrived, but, but there was still something different about him. I remember the chapel of the Senate telling us the story of how he was trying to, you know, he raised in the church, mama was a church, you know, grew up in the church pews, all the rest, and he was out in the club trying to do his thing, and um, um, and people, while he was dancing, all the rest started looking at him all crazy, said, this don't fit you. <laughs> See, even in his backsliding, God's hand was on his life, and it, 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 it just didn't 
fit right and, and sit right. And, and, and even those who, 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 you know, he should have been able to fool. He could not fool. He said they were allies with Abram. See, you don't need a lot of friends, just the right friends. Now, when Abraham or Abram heard, he, he becomes Abraham later, that his brother was taken captive. Watch this, though. He didn't judge Lot. He didn't say, well, well, Lot, you got your comeuppance. Lot, you know, you, you finally got what was coming to you. After all, Lot, you know, you know, all that strife, all that, you know, man, I, I, I'm the, I, I raised you from a child, and then you're going to pick the best spot for you and leave me all the rest. You know better than I'm, I'm the oldest. You're supposed to honor me. You're supposed to salute me. You know our culture, but you're going to still pick the best ground, and, and, and you're going to cause all that pain and anguish, and I'm thinking about you, worried about you at, at night, and, and, and all the rest, and, but, but we don't see any of that in Abram's Response. You see, godly people don't gloat over the misfortunes of, of the people they love. They just try to help. So, so watch what Abram did. He didn't say, well, Lot, you know, you got what's coming to you. You figure it out. He armed his 318 trained servants. Now, the Bible doesn't just say they were Servants, he said, what? Trained servants. So here's the deal. Here's the pattern. God was doing a work in Abe's life. So Abe also did work in the lives of his men. So the pattern is God does it in me and then uses me to help do it in you. God must do two works. In every successful family, in every successful army, in any successful unit, no matter the size, he must do a work in me and a work in us. A work in me and a work in us. Say that with me. A work in me and a work in us. A work in me and a work in us. So he armed... His 318 servants. Now, for Abraham to have 318 our militia was a big deal. Abraham had grown very, very powerful. This is not just some joker walking across the, the desert with a couple goats. This is a guy with a small militia. Uh, but still, you know, what's that to, to four armies coming in his direction? But here's what I know. When the Lord is at work in me, he's at work in us. When the Lord's at work in me, he's at work in us. And nothing is impossible. Joshua said, one man shall chase a thousand. This is why over the next 21 day consecration, this is a very important time of the year for us as a church. Now I'm praying for you personally to, 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 to step into your purpose and, and discover your own personal mission, but we're also dealing with this, this corporately at the same time. And over the next 21 days, we're praying for an opportunity to lead at least one person to Jesus Christ or invite one person to church. You see, like Abraham, it's not about judgment it's about rescue I mean it's easy to complain about the world going sideways but what are you doing what are you doing to make a difference 
Thank God for all this word you swallow up every week. Thank God for how long you've been in church. But what are you doing in the lives of others is a $6 million question. So his nephew was in trouble. And what he did is he armed his 318 trained servants, watch this, who were born in his own house. Everything Abraham needed was already in his house. Everything we need to reach and rescue is already in this house. Jesus said, we are the salt of the earth. But to be effective salt, we got to get out of the salt shaker into the stew. Thank God for us coming together on Sundays. But what's powerful is when the salt in this room gets into the decay that's in the world on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that's when we become powerful. That's when we become a preservative. That's when we make change. Henry Ford said it this way. The only thing worse than training employees and have them leave is not training them and having them stay. So do I have, out of 6,000 people, 318 people who aren't too scared to say to somebody, can I pray for you? He's not asking us to go to prison. He's not asking us to walk a mile on glass. But do I have 318 people who care enough to say, sister, you look a little bit down. Can I pray for you? Brother, I hear what's going on with your children. Do you mind if I pray for you? Do I have 318 people who aren't scared to say, well, if you're free next Sunday, would you come to church with me? Now, I know how I, I, I invite you to lunch. I'll invite you to the bar. I'll invite you to all. But, but can, I want to invite you this Sunday to the house of the Lord. Do I have 318 people that after all this teaching, all this preaching, are finally ready to do a little something to change the lives of the people that we love? And Abraham went in pursuit as far as Dan. These 318 were all about it. He divided his forces, which meant 159 went one way, and the other 159 went another way. And he divided them against them by night. So what we see here is he had faith, but he also used his brain. He knew that if he tried to fight these four powerful kings head on, he was going to be in trouble with only 318 soldiers. So he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fight by night. You see, you got to learn to work with what you have. You got to learn to play the hand that you're dealt. Do what you can with what you have, where you are, and then let God do the rest. And he and his servants, Lord, work in me and work in us. Work in me, work in us. Me, us. Is there a us in your life? 
or only me. You're very poor if your life is only consumed with you. And he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, north of Damascus. If you look at the map, these 318 men chased them over 150 miles. But you see, when the Lord fights for you, one person can chase a thousand. So he bought back all the goods, every physical thing stolen, and most importantly, he also brought back his brother Lot with his good. So for Abraham to reach Lot where he was, Abraham had to get involved. To rescue Lot, Abraham couldn't just look at the armor that he had. He had to strap it on and use the tools God gave him no matter how small. Here's our simple 21-day challenge. This is our world. Let me tell you, if we don't reach it, someone else will. If we don't go after those we love, believe me, these folks are organized. Somebody else will. If we don't finally surrender and say, Lord, work in me and work in us, another group will. So here's the big question. If not you, who? And if not now, when? You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at gracechurchva.tv. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.